What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And on today's episode, uh, I'm really excited to I'm really excited for what this week has in store for me. Joining me on the show for this episode is uh, is a guest you've seen a couple times before. I think this is his third time on the show. Uh, you know, obviously, I've you know met him. I've met a lot of people through TikTok and other outlets on uh, you know other outlets basically to try to grow the podcast. Uh, so joining me on the show today is uh, is at Hey Kami. Kami, how are you doing today, man? Not too bad, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Obviously, I'm glad to get you back on because, uh, you know, uh, last week, I, I, as I was mentioning you, t- as I was mentioning to you and uh, for any for any of the viewers who are watching, I didn't really get a chance to talk a lot of baseball. So uh, when I when I reached out to you, hoping to maybe do something, I was really excited that you, uh, that you hit me back and we were able to do this. So I'm really pumped to get into some stuff today. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be back. Um, we seem to be doing it every second week now. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Seems it. To- it seems to be kind of a little bit of a back and forth. I, I, I really do enjoy it. So uh, before we do get into some baseball, though, I did want to possibly discuss a shared experience that we had. I was going to call it a shared trauma, but you ended up preferring. But you, you actually <laughs> said that you didn't that you didn't uh, mind it as much. Uh, we ended up watching. Uh, we both ended up this weekend. We both ended up watching the uh, new Space Jam movie. I didn't I, I kind of want to know. How did you find, how did you kind of uh, think of about it? Because I ended up watching it twice in two days. I the first time I watched it, I was watching it uh, just solo to kind of get a to kind of get a feeling for it. I ended I watched it on HBO Max, so I didn't end up going to the theaters. I got you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I originally watched it on I originally watched it the first day, just trying to get a pretty you know baseline review of it, and then the second day when I watched it. I ended up uh, I ended up watching it with a friend and I was also like, well, if I'm going to, you know, maybe do an episode on it, I should uh, have a thorough, you know, baseline, be able to review of it. So uh, I'll let you get into it first. Uh, what were your general thoughts going going into Space Jam? Did you kind of grow up on the original? Like, how yeah. what was your kind of experience with Space Jam going into this? Well, the first one, um, like I, I said, it wasn't so bad. I, 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 I can, I guess, my so bad is in comparison to the like four point two that it's gone on IMDb out of ten. Um, that's like correct. atrociously bad. That's atrociously bad. That's like all time worst legitimate movie bad. I don't know anything mm-hmm. that's in the fours that made it to theaters. Like Geely with Ben Affleck was probably in that range, but um, the original. The original is an hour and 40 minutes long. I'm, Michael Jordan is probably the worst actor ever put to screen, but <laughs> he doesn't have to act much because the focus is put on the Looney Tunes for the most part, right? He goes, yeah. what am I doing here, bugs? And then they like pull his face apart and slap him around a bit. And he goes, and that's pretty much the acting that's required of him. But like the original is, like I said, it's an hour and 40 minutes. This one's over two hours. Uh, with the trailers, it's like 2.15. Um, the original has a great soundtrack, which is not something that we do anymore. That's not important. Mm-hmm. They don't make good soundtracks. There's like, I believe I can fly. It had all these amazing songs on it, right? So it just like, you came back to it and the music would like instantly entertain. The, the movie was like mediocre, but the music would keep you involved. The pace kept you involved. They had a lot of good comedians in it, like Bill Murray and mm-hmm. Wayne Knight, like Newman from Seinfeld. Like there's their comedians yeah. in it to kind of like, you know, Michael can't act. So let's have some comedians in there to eat up some screen time. And it just, I don't know. I'm not saying it was like brilliantly orchestrated, but it, it worked. Everybody came out with a smile. And then, and then this one was just like, 
Wow. That was, it was the, 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 the I'm trying not to do spoilers. I'm, I'm going to try to speak in a way that doesn't spoil a movie that it doesn't matter if it's spoiled or not. It's space jam. Yeah. If you don't think that yeah. LeBron is going to come down to needing to make the winning shot at the last second, that's like what, and, and he's going to, he's going to make it because the universe isn't going to get deleted. Right. We know what's going to happen. There's the, imagine if it ended and he doesn't make the shot and everybody dies. Like that's not going to happen. It's a, right? it, so it's just Avengers. It's just <laughs> Avengers Infinity War when the snap happens and everyone dies. It's like what? It's like wait, don't they have movies coming up? <laughs> yeah. It isn't uh, Spider Man have three movies coming up? How is he going to be dead for those? Well, exactly. yeah. Oh, he's not. Exactly. He just they yeah. just turned him into a momentary fart and now he's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, but. It was, um, uh, Oh, you oh, go yeah, ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I, I well, was I was going to say, say... I mean... Yeah, you go. You can take it. Trust me. I will. I will. <laughs> We're back and forth. Uh, um, it's just... They went... The last 45 minutes of this movie was a full-length basketball game. Mm-hmm. There was a 45-minute basketball game at the end of the movie. I, I went to theaters. You saw it on HBO Max. I was in theaters. The, the the rows up and down the rows were filled with kids holding on to themselves because they had to pee because they they assumed that the basketball game would be like eight minutes long, nine minutes long, standard third act action scene of the film, you know, basketball game. It's like the Looney Tunes basketball yeah. game was like, you know, I think they, they did the old tunnel gag where you run into the wall and you think it's a tunnel and I don't know. Um, there's like, it's a two second game. And this one, yeah. it was like, it was the same length as the original one at first at the half, you know? And then they went into mm-hmm. the like, oh, we need to think and sit and talk about our strategy. And then it was another 25 minutes till the final basket. And it's just like that, you don't do a 45, I guess, I guess the creators were basketball fans, but there's only so yeah. many times you can do like rapid fire, super turbo dribble and have it have an effect mm-hmm. on the audience. They did it 37 times. And I was just kind of, like, yeah, I gotta go pee. I gotta go pee again. But anyways, it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of redundant and meaningless and they got to get LeBron on the big screen. So why not do space jam, even though they don't go into space, nah. I guess it's cyberspace. I don't know. Yeah. It was definitely a weird experience. I mean, I, I, I mean, I probably it's I probably saw like the, the original Space Jam when I was five, but I probably hadn't rewatched it since because it's again, I think it's fair to say, Kami, you and me, we're not the we're not the prime age demographic for Space Jam. So uh, going into this movie, we're, we're it's we're not re- we're not reviewing Citizen Kane here. So it's like, no, like, that's we true. Do have to, we do. Yeah. So we do have to like take that. Guy I don't think we ever will be <laughs> reviewing Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, that, not anymore. Very often. <laughs> Yeah, no, that'd be a very odd episode of Down to the Wire. <laughs> be a very uh, odd episode yeah. of Down to the Wire. Uh, but, you know, I probably I probably hadn't watched the original Space Jam in, like, probably 16 years or something. So I ended up, uh, so, like, in anticipation of it, so that way I could have, like, a good, like, idea of, like, where to compare it. I went in, I, I, I watched the original Space Jam because it's also on HBO Max, and then I watched the second one, which maybe I'm maybe that's me not really doing the second one justice because I'm like watching like the original and then going into it. And yes, while obviously mm-hmm. this, while obviously Space Jam, again, I don't know who came up with that idea. Like, I don't know what like what like like crazy kind of pitch that was where some guy was just sitting in a room. It was like Michael Jordan in the Looney Tunes. We need to have it. And I don't know where the heck that came from, but. 
90s were great for creative ideas, right? You had like, oh uh, who framed, well, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was an 80s movie, but you got something like Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just these ideas that people didn't mind seeing if they worked on the big screen. You know, let's see. You know, let's try it out. It's it's art. You know, art is, you know, subjective. So let's see how people feel. And now every art is the same painting. Everything you see is the exact same movie. So, uh Yeah. But to see, um, this was, they, they dove into the Warner Brothers lot. They've tried to make that into a universe, as you saw. And yeah, they did like, they did stuff that made absolutely no sense from a creative standpoint. They're in there and like Granny and uh, Speedy Gonzalez are in the Matrix. And I'm like, yeah, no six-year-old has seen the Matrix. What six-year-old yeah, no. has seen an R-rated movie from 1999? What are you doing here for subject matter, people? And then it's like they're in Mad Max Fury Road. You know, they're like in the scene where all the cars are exploding and everything. And I'm like, that's an R-rated movie from 2015 that people didn't really see at the same time. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, I don't it's know. It was just. Yeah, that definitely was for the older crowd. I feel like that was kind of like instead of like having like more of an adult humor kind of joke, because I know I was watching the original Space Jam. There, there were like some like funny, like adult humor kind of stuff that they would throw in there. I think it's, I think to, you know, kind of take out the adult humor jokes and risk like, oh, my God, that's such a scandalous thing. I think what instead they decided to do would, would, would be like, oh, look at these older movies and like take the nostalgia of this instead of uh, like throwing it. Yeah, 100 percent. It's a 100 percent nostalgic trip. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, where in the first one, like, think about, like, I don't want to use the first one as this model of, like, screenwriting, no. but the <laughs> plot and point is laid out in the first, like, six minutes. The movie starts, they're on, like, I have not seen this movie in a decade, okay? I haven't seen this movie in a decade, but yeah, the movie starts, they're on Moron Mountain, I can even tell you what it's called, yeah. and Duke <laughs> Swackhammer, I think that's... Danny DeVito's character's name. He <laughs> wants new attractions for his Mars theme park and he wants Michael Jordan. He wants yeah. Michael Jordan. So he goes and challenges him to a basketball game. If he wins, he gets Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. And it's laid out in the first six minutes what the point of the movie is. You get it. Um, then they go and steal the powers and stealing the powers from the NBA players is hilarious. Like watching yeah. them like lose their like motor skills and they're just they you know and and, and mugsy bogues and and charles barkley are in therapy and charles barkley's like oh no no charles barkley's in the the church the church yeah. and he's like praying to god he's like please god i'll never date madonna again come yeah. on now please anything to get my powers back and you're just like this is it was funny it, it still makes me laugh oh those are god, good jokes yeah. and no. um I just, uh, I think it's, they, they missed out. They, they just tried to reboot something that, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't was, know why they did it. It's I, I don't know either. I mean, there was the scene where, uh, like, you were mentioning the players losing their powers. I was going to get to that. And uh, I, I mean, I was just, I was like, when I was watching it back, I've seen the players lose their powers. And then it, I think it cuts to the scene of like Michael Jordan, like watching the stuff go down like a hotel room. And it, and it goes like, oh my God, look at Sean Bradley. And he's like walking all bow legged. And, and like the first thing that came to mind when yeah. I was watching that, oh, no, the first thing that came to mind, I, I was like, I was like, oh, that's just Sean Bradley. It's true, right? It is kind of how he walks. I was like, he's fine. Like, he, like, like nothing looks different <laughs> with him. 
that was the first oh, thing that came to my mind with him but uh but no like there were like legitimately kind of funny things and the thing the thing about the original space jam was like obviously michael Jar- michael jordan is the star attraction like there's no there's no like there's mm-hmm. nothing like there's no like kind of lie with that but like larry johnson like mugsy bose charles barkley pat ewing and i did i name everyone i i can't think i, I think i named everyone uh Larry Johnson, Barkley, Ewing, Bogues. Yeah, you got them all. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, so like I was thinking of those guys, and like you know, while they were kind of off to the side and they were doing like their own therapy thing, they did have like a kind of integral part of the movie. And it's like, hey, our powers got stolen. Like we need to like get them back. Like we're gonna, we don't know what's going on. With the other superstars, they made like a cameo for like five minutes, like uh, like Lillard, uh, AD, and I. Unfortunately, I just don't know the names of the. Uh, WNBA players too well unfortunately like they made a cameo for like five minutes as themselves like shooting around doing doing whatever and then you cut to the final scene they're like CGI versions of themselves and it's like not even them and I'm like like you kind of lose that kind of connection and it really just becomes the LeBron show where I understand that Space Jam was the MJ show but you did have like that dynamic with other players as well um what what shocked me was that the the antagonist in Space Jam is an animated Danny DeVito. And he looks just like Danny DeVito. And he's yeah. like, oh, crazy and mad. I want Michael Jordan. And uh, in this, it's Don Cheadle. <laughs> and he's like, Don Cheadle's a great actor. Oh, my God. But, Dan, but Don Cheadle doesn't, one, like, stand out as a, a caricature. You know, like Danny DeVito, when you use Danny DeVito, especially in a voiceover thing, you get this caricature, this this larger than life thing comes out. And that's like. Which is is an ironic way to describe Danny DeVito in general. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you just get this larger than life thing. Like he's just he's just wild and zany. He's only this tall, but he's wild and zany. And in this, they, they do the like most kind of straight laced guy who's known for his like dramatic roles where he's a strong character. And it's just like, that's not funny. And they use a lot of CG to try to make him funny. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make him funny. And his, his um, motivation is like, he exists. I don't know. Accent. No, they made him and he's angry and uh, he wants his spot in the in the in the limelight, and and then at the very end of the movie, he's like, "I'm gonna kill everyone." Yeah, <laughs> like in the last ten seconds of the movie. Oh, just so you know, you're you're all gonna die, and you're like, "You gotta get those stakes out. You gotta put yeah. those stakes out right at the beginning of the movie, so we know what this is all about. We can't just be like, "Oh, you're gonna die in uh, 48 minutes here," you know, um, and. So that was just like mm, the um, okay, like if, if I'm gonna go into spoiler stuff. So anybody yeah, oh, who's yeah. watching, jump Skip like it. five minutes. Yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, they're doing the same Michael Jordan going for the basket thing, mm-hmm. and in that one, he realizes he can be loony, and his arm like extends, and Probably he puts it in. Long. Yeah, and he, he makes the basket. And you're like, oh, hey, he got loony. And in this one, it's all a father-son story yeah. about how he loves his son and how he'll do anything for his son and how he wants his son to get the chance that he deserves and, and, and he's special and all of these things. And we get down to the end shot. 
and LeBron goes in for the dunk and his son pulls up at the three point line and he goes like this and he's wide open. He's just <laughs> wide open. And LeBron goes up and eight, uh, AD gets on him or something and everybody's jumping on him and he's like, Oh, he's not going to make it. And his trajectory starts to go down and you're like, he's not going to make it to the hoop. And you're like, his son's wide open for three and his son is like loaded up on video game, like hacks, you know, like his son's got a hundred, everything, you know, it's, 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 the son is better than you. It's yeah. like, kick it out to your boy, let your son make the shot and, and be make the mom proud and the world proud. And, and the son's on the stage and you can hoist him up in the air and say, you did it, son. I love you. Mm-hmm. The son like gives him another like hack boost Power. and he jumps, yeah. <laughs> powers up and he j- jumps another uh, again which is traveling and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, he dunks it and you're just like the sun no like I, I, i'm not the one like i didn't go to see the movie about the sun but that's the movie they made yeah that's the movie they made mm-hmm. and there they are with the moment to make it about the sun and he just dunks it it turns right <laughs> back into lebron it's like what <laughs> okay and <laughs> i just i didn't didn't really understand that one. I didn't understand why we went on a 35 minute like journey. It was reminiscent of Hook. I don't know if you've ever seen Hook. They pretty much lifted that storyline out of Hook yeah. about like the, the Hook is tr- uh, Captain Hook is trying to like convince uh, Peter Pan's son that hey, you should spend time in Neverland with me. I'm your new father, right? Pretty much just lifted that story directly. Which I didn't yeah. mind, but and then at the end, it's like I dunked it and saved the world. <laughs> okay. If that was what you were just going to do, then don't have the sun, you know, eliminate, make this movie an hour, uh, 90 minutes long, get yeah. the sun out of there. And if, if you're just going to dunk it. <laughs> yeah. No, there were so many weird things too, which like, I mean, obviously I, I, I think, I think they gave Michael Jordan a new family in, in the original space jam too, but it's yeah. like, but like I don't think his family had as big of a role in it. When it came no. to when it came to LeBron's family, like they gave him like an entire new family for him to interact with. And I remember like it's the scene of like when he's in there and he's like writing his fake kids' names on his shoe. And I'm like, like this seems so weird. It really does. I didn't I didn't understand that at all because like at the end, I was I I personally didn't know if they were Le- LeBron's kids or not. Cause yeah. I was sitting there going, like, oh, like they got lucky because LeBron's kids aren't are kind of talented. And then it wasn't. And I was like, why did you have him in there? Yeah. And if, it's, if it's real, like why is it? Yeah. He didn't even, he didn't even pretend to be LeBron James Jr., which is the name of one of his kids. And he didn't pretend to be Bronny. And he, like, his, I think his son's names are Bronny and Bryce. Mm-hmm. And like, it, like they, they just came up with Darius and Dominic. And it's like, the hell did that come from? It I don't, was, yeah. I don't understand that writing. Like, I would get, I would get laughed out. I have to do, I had to do 118 drafts for Tommy Jump. Yeah, I'd do 118 drafts, you know, make everything spot on. And it's just like th- this generation of filmmaking is the it, this the movie is sold on the pitch. You have to yeah. ask yourself, are you going to see a movie that was what was it first? Was it a script and then they gave it a title or was it a title and then they wrote a script? Mm-hmm. We're going to make Space Jam. OK, give me a script in two months. Yeah. Is that what movie you're going to go see? Or are you going to go see a movie that they sat down for like? three years and toiled over it over and over again the only thing that should matter is the script yeah the actors the actors can be no name guys you've seen no name people before 
and been blown away by them. Actors don't make a movie. Director is really an overrated title because directors are usually script dependent. It's like it's like a guy in, in hockey who can score 50 goals because he's got Connor McDavid or Joe Thornton next to him, right? Yeah. It's like you have to understand when where is the movie really coming from? And it's that creative piece of writing that started the whole thing. And if it's a title first, if it's just a title and they have a, a release date set and they're just like, you got three months to write it, whatever it is, we're making it. We got to hit that release date. Mm-hmm. Why are you watching it? That's why it's garbage. They can't yeah. just pull out miracles. I could, yeah. but they can't. Yeah. I mean, speaking of miracles, I mean, I, I, I do want to get into some baseball with you, but one of the things that like, I was thinking, I was looking at miracles and I don't know. I mean, I know you're in filmmaking, so I don't know if this is the correct term. I, I watched like a movie reviewer, like a, a long time ago, he reviewed, uh, he removed it, but he referred to this thing. He referred to, uh, it was, it's called, a, I think he called it a movie plot device. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, and basically, you know, it, I, I think he was reviewing a uh, jaws for like the revenge movie, like the one that like Roy Scheider wasn't even in. Like, it was like, it was like the yeah. one that was like a joke and yeah, at about the, the mom. Movie, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the movie, sorry guys, I'm spoiling Jaws for uh, you're a bit late to the party, uh, but uh, but basically at the end there's like this weird explosive thing that like has like a tracker on it and like you can like detonate it from like some remote and it was like you know way beyond like its time and comprehension. I think still now like it would be, mm-hmm. but like like it was a it was a device created specifically for the movie for them to like to resolve like the plot and like you know be a re- be be and kind of like lead to the resolution of the story. And, like mm-hmm. that that device did not exist in real life. There were so many examples of that in this movie. I'm not talking about like the Warner universe thing. Like, like I get that. That's how you like did the movie. And like, you want to like say like AI and all that stuff. That's fine. That's not where I meant like where, where it got like crazy with the plot devices. There was like this, but where I kind of mean it was, you know, I was looking at like LeBron James's like kids, like gaming setup and like different things like this. And I mean, listen, LeBron has a lot of money, so it's possible that he has like certain things like this, but then, you know, this kid, you know, his kid, again, spoiler territory here, his kid wants to create a video game. And in doing so, he wants to get like attributes from different characters. And instead of like, you know, getting guys in like getting guys in like a in like the bubble suits and like the different like things to get like graphics, he's able to like scan like players through like a special camera on his iPhone. I'm just like, that technology is like 50 years at least ahead of its time. Like mm-hmm. something oh, like yeah. that just I'm like, and like I'm just like when something has to be created like that in order to like move a movie forward and like unless it's like a sci-fi movie where it's like you understand like that's what it's supposed to do but when it's supposed to be like a modern day or even like past kind of movie and it like doesn't even like and it's like you have to rely you have to rely on technology that doesn't exist to like you know forward the plot it's like what are you doing We're, we're we're so addicted to it now we're so addicted to listening to one sentence that explains some magical MacGuffin that allows you to do whatever you want because we've, we've, um, are, it's, it's funny because we strive for realism in filmmaking. Um, that's one of the things, make it relatable, you know, make even what, even fantastical elements make them relatable. And it's like, you know, a lot people love Dark Knight. Yeah. People love Dark Knight because Dark Knight is the real Batman. It's real. It's Batman if he was real. You know, if you were Batman and had a billion dollars, that's what it would look like. Um, we love we love realism, even in our fantastical stuff. But our our fantasy dependence in movies it's it's here's here's a weird thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself. I'm gonna come out of the closet in a, in a way. I like professional wrestling. 
Oh, I like no. pro wrestling. I do. I don't like WWE. I hate it. I think it's just uh, an embarrassment. John I like. Cena. Yeah, I like. I like the performance <laughs> art. I like what it was in the '90s, and I like what the AEW is doing. That little <laughs> small company down in Florida that's owned by Tony Khan. I like it because it's this. Um, it's it's a performance piece. It's like yeah. a male soap opera, and these guys drop themselves on the head. And 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 I know what it is. I'm a writer. Okay, and I know what pro wrestling is, and I sit there and I watch it, and I'm just I'm I'm amazed at the physical feats that these guys want to put on on a weekly basis. I'm amazed yeah. that they want to get dropped on their head for 20 years and and suffer the consequences for the rest of their lives. But I talk about that, and I, I'll get laughed out of the building. I'll get laughed out of the building. It's like I, I like pro wrestling. You like pro wrestling? That's so fake. And I'm like, you watch. You're you're gonna go home tonight and watch eight straight Marvel movies. And then yeah. you're going to watch a Star Wars and you're going to talk to me about fake. Two guys are in a ring dropping each other on their heads. Okay. And there's like, nothing cutting away. There's no like little act- tricks. Yeah. Like actual it's guys real. have died doing pro wrestling. Yes. It is a very dangerous act. And it's like, but there, the, the realism in pro wrestling is much more real than pretty much any media that we consume nowadays. And it's like I have to go to pro wrestling almost for realism because I'm going to turn something on and it's going to be like gizmo gadget opens up a universe that like time travel can be explained in two sentences. Now you can just say well, this movie has time travel. Oh, hey, uh, uh, um, Ant-Man's got a van and that van uh, can make us go back in time. And the snap doesn't mean anything. And yeah. it's just like. The the spoiler of spoilers, but I don't know. I'm just jumping guns here to go to the spoiler. But the Michael Michael Jordan spoiler thing that happened because you have to Ryan Coogler. I I see a movie from the names that are involved. Ryan Coogler directed Creed, Creed Two, Black Panther, produced this. Okay, he's a he's a big kind of uh, African American director, and you don't hear his name much. But this guy is like frontline major great productions. Oh my god, yeah, and um. And he knows Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. So that was their little connection there that he's like, I know Michael B. Jordan would be a funny joke that he did this. And that guy was in, Ryan Coogler is in too much of a creative position to put that damn joke in the movie because that joke was the most, I, as a writer, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the tone of the film and they're in there in the halftime and they're all down feeling bad. And I'm like, they've got Michael. They've got Michael Jordan. They're all down. They're feeling bad. I'm like, the only person who could walk in the door right now is Michael Jordan. It's the only person who could walk in the door right now. And then like Porky Pig steps up and he goes, we've got Michael. And I'm like, no, they don't. You wouldn't say it. You wouldn't vocalize that you've got Michael. You would reveal Michael. And then it cuts to somebody like walking down this hallway with backlighting and they're silhouetting this person and everybody in the crowd is all giddy. And I'm like, you assholes you don't have michael you're teasing me with fake michael and then michael b jordan comes in and they're like that's michael b jordan and you're like the looney tunes mistook this man for the guy who saved their existence who was 40 at the time and is now 30 i get it his name is the same but it's just like that made me so mad because the i might have come out of that movie two percent happy if michael jordan was in Oh. Michael Jordan would have just come in and is like, all right, LeBron, let's do this together now. Let's let's get it done. And or they you, play basketball for two seconds. Or even if he just gave a halftime speech or something. 
Sure, but he could have he could have been the Bill Murray of this one. Like Bill yeah. Murray came in and made his one shot, sacrificed himself so that they could do it. Like Michael could have come in and like just just two seconds, but Michael's not going to do it. No. Like they couldn't get Michael, so don't like the entire movie. They 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 tiptoed around Michael Jordan being in the first one, and then they tease you so much. Here comes Michael. Here comes Michael, and there's no Michael, and you're. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding stupid me. Stupid joke, man. That's, that it joke sucks. was not worth it. That was it's, not worth it. It's it it not worth that joke. Oh, but all in all, Space Jam 2, interesting uh, that they interesting that they went with it. I mean, I I wonder how it will be. I wonder how it's going to be received, you know, like, you know, like years from now. I know everyone like I mean, I'm a Boston sports fan. So like hatred for LeBron James is in my blood. You don't remember part twos. Yeah. You don't remember Zoolander 2. You don't, you're not going to remember uh, Beetlejuice 2, Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, this new Ghostbusters Afterlife, trust me, you're not going to remember it. You're not. People are excited. Ooh, Ghostbusters is coming back. It's, it's, uh, it's Ivan Reitman's son directing it. They're just going to have a feeling. No, it's a bunch of kids and a spooky mind. If it was called Kids in a Spooky Mind, you wouldn't go see it. But they stamp Ghostbuster stamps all over it and you want to see it. No, the title came first. The script did not come first. You know, yeah. you're gonna go see another piece of junk. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I actually remember going to see Two Lander, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I went with a bunch Two of friends. Lander. Yeah, I went. We went. We all went to see. Uh, all went to go see Two Lander, and it was great. Uh, probably the funniest part of the movie was Justin Bieber getting shot to hell. Uh, <laughs> That's yes, that was. That, that was. was I, I remember the theater the, there was a standing ovation <laughs> it was terrible like there was a standing ovation in the theater like 20 minutes and i was i was like i was like this is so wrong but uh <laughs> but go but going forward with it though uh you know obviously i i'm wonder i do wonder how it will be taken uh going forward from here but uh now to kind of transition in baseball which i which i got you on the show to do uh i you know obviously didn't wasn't able to cover a lot of stuff last week uh you know because of the episodes i did so i did want to kind of briefly uh, kind of do a little bit of an overview of like of kind of the storylines that i missed uh obviously obviously all-star weekend the home run yeah, derby home run went derby. down uh great story with trey mancini and company uh uh uh, polar Pete Alonso, the polar bear himself, repeated as the home run derby champion. So there were great stories all around there. Uh, you know, it was, you know, all in all, it was a great all-star weekend. I was, I was surprised to see the uh, all-stars actually wearing the all-star jerseys during the games. Cause typically yeah. you'll see them wear that in like in batting practice and then they'll wear like yeah, they, home unis, mm-hmm. but they actually, but they flipped it this year. I don't know if it's cause mm-hmm. they like did the, they did like the Hank Aaron uniforms and then they probably didn't send out other uniforms for them to wear. I'm going to yeah. go off that assumption. And they were like, oh, well, we have these jerseys. Might as well wear them. Yeah. So I've, they did, I've heard yeah. mixed reviews on the jerseys. I've heard mixed reviews on the I didn't mind them. Yeah. I didn't mind that little bit of, like, individualism on the jersey. Um, I like uh, the I'm NL a Vladdy ones. fan. Yeah. I'm I like a Vladdy the NL ones a little more, but uh, the AL ones yeah. are, for some teams, are fine. Yeah, like the, the the American League ones look like jerseys um, out of like 1915 or something. They look yeah. really, really old school when they had those like kind of weird dark jerseys. Um, but oof. Pete winning the home run derby was the most entertaining home, like individual performance I've seen. Mm. The most like, don't get me wrong, Vladdy's 91 is the most awe-inspiring thing that I'd ever seen. And that was 20-year-old Vladdy with a 770 OPS out of shape. 
hits 91. And then Pete goes and does this, but Pete's got this like swagger going on now, right? Yeah, he's kind I don't of know like, what it is. I don't know, but I love it. Okay. Yeah. It's like the home run derby's always been so serious. And to mm-hmm. see it in this like kind of like him up there vibing, getting into the groove, it is about a groove. So yes. to see a guy actually vibing and trying to stay in an emotional groove is pretty sweet. Even when that kid like hurt himself or herself i think he tore his acl or something and then something, there was yeah the, horrible was the other guy, and then there was the other guy in the matt olsen or joey gallo home run who like flipped into the tunnel i was like i was like this is like, like brutal out here yeah but like so pete's pete's performance was was amazing and i'm yeah. sitting there the entire time just like i wish vladdy was in this i wish vladdy was at coors field hitting the ball 540 and then comes all-star night all-star night happens and Vladdy hits that 468 footer. And it was like, I did a bunch of videos on that. I did a bunch of videos on that from like Corbin, the first, the first at bat against Scherzer. I'm, I'm sorry to break down the all-star game into oh, one player kidding. like this, but I, I, he amazed Feel free. I mean, I mean, Vladdy earned it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that he hits 111 mile an hour ball off Scherzer. The first time he faced Scherzer this year, he hit two bombs. Mm-hmm. He hit a grand slam. Max Scherzer's only given up two grand slams in his career. And then in one game, Vladdy hits one and then a two run bomb and then hits 111 miles an hour off Scherzer, then comes in against Corbin Burns and hits the ball 468 feet. Burns has the lowest FIP in baseball. That's the lowest FIP. He's the most effective individual pitcher when you remove everything else but just pitching, right? Mm -hmm. And he's the most effective. He hung a slider. I did some foreign substance videos on Burns, so I was like, ha, ha, ha. I kind of feel like maybe that home run's like 2% mine. Uh, (laughs) He just hung that slider and... Vladdy puts it 470 feet away and and Tatis is like in awe his reaction and being on mic you know it had to be with Buck you know it had to be with Joe Buck but it's like um oh just the like his he didn't he didn't look for like five seconds and then he just kind of had to see where it was like located in the stands you know and oh man was that a bomb that was oh so God. great that was and it was just like it almost equaled him not being in the Derby. It was like Pete had his night and then Vladdy had his night, which makes you just want them to rematch. You know, exactly. it's like, it's like a, a fighter fight now. It's like, I remember t- two years ago, it was like, I want judge and Stanton in the home run Derby. It's like those guys can't, don't have the stamina for this. I don't, no. they can't do it. They can't swing like those two guys can like, don't get me wrong. They can hit the ball hard and they can have great, they've done derbies before like five, six years ago. Yeah. They can't do the rapid fire Alonzo Vlad, like Vladdy, the shape that he's in probably hits a hundred, probably hits a hundred bombs, Maybe, you know? Yeah. And I think that what they need to do for the Derby is move it to a time of year where everyone wants to do it everyone wants to do it you cut them in for a share of the gate you know it's a million dollars right now i think to the winner you cut them in for it's like four million four and a half you give them a big huge prize you give them a, a lamborghini you know you give them a diamond encrusted gold bat you yeah. know you give them something worth showing up for a a, a, a crown made of baseballs i don't know something ridiculous something a yacht <laughs> Yeah, something so that you can like have a, a a ceremony where you're crowning this person the ultimate, you know, god of baseball for the year, right? And you make it 
something that happens like between games two and three of the World Series, you know, oh. and it's just a, because 28 teams can be involved. Yeah. 28 teams shouldn't be saying no. Players, the best hitters from 28 teams should all be saying yes at that point. And I don't like, I like that it's with the all-star game, but I don't like that guys are like, I don't want to ruin my swing for the second half. I'm not doing it. And it's, I want to see you do it. Make it so that they do it. Please yeah. make them so that the best guys do it. Um, please. Just, I just want to, I want to, cause we always say it every single year. We go, why isn't this guy? In it? Why isn't this guy? In it? Let's just figure a way to make it. So it was like, it wasn't this fifties and sixties when, you had like Mickey Mantle versus Willie Mays in this week's round of the home run challenge, you know, yeah. and they would just come in on their off time and they would both uh, hit home runs. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, would love it more like that. Yeah. I mean, I would love it too. It would be amazing to see. I mean, it would be, I mean, just to see guys, just to see, you know, like act like those actual stars go out and not to say like Alonzo and those guys don't deserve it themselves. But like just to see like the cream of the crop go out there, it'd be amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then other events. Do you think they should do other events? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, I mean, my uh, my brother, uh, he did like all-star tournaments like when he was like 12 years old. So there were like plenty of other events that they that they that like people do like like there's like a there's like a there's like a around the bases challenge to see to see like who's the fastest base runner there's always uh the golden arm from center field which is mm-hmm. uh which is always a popular thing like you could have guys like jackie bradley jr like guys who have absolute cannons just going from center field like trying to maybe hit a target at home plate or something mm-hmm. and uh you could do something like that i know uh they used to do with they used to do a thing for uh fastest around the horn time that used mm-hmm. to be one that they would do. So, I mean, there are plenty of, there are plenty of, of other skills competitions guys could do. Yeah. Like I, I understand you don't want to do anything that may lead to an injury, mm-hmm. but like, why couldn't you do like you, around the horn sounds nice, you know, mm-hmm. like you bring an infield in and you're, you're challenged, like infields are challenging each other for the best around the horn time. Yeah. And there's like five teams that go out there and they're trying to race for that. That makes sense. Also base running. Why can't I see Billy Hamilton, trying to get around the bases the way Connor McGregor or Connor McDavid, sorry, does it in the <laughs> skating challenge. I don't think Connor McGregor can skate right now. I don't I, think he can skate I, one. I don't think now he can skate ever. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that, that speed challenge around the bases, like you, you start in the box and you go, it's about, you know, watch you do that super slow mode of them hitting the inside of the bag on the right step. And you're like, look at Billy Hamilton, go watch it fly around those bases. You can yeah. do stuff like that, really stretch it out. And there's different events that definitely. Oh, totally. Done. I mean, you could even like set it up to where you could like, maybe you could do like the base or anything. Like, like you could have a guy like, Oh, like in between like the home run derby segments or something like that. And you could like incorporate it into the night and like, like you could always just have like action going on. It, it could be like, all right, this guy just wrapped up his thing. Now Mike Trout's going to go and like do his base running thing or like, yeah. and now it's, and now this guy's going to go do his thing. Like as we like, you know, clean up the field, get the baseballs out of the outfield and get everyone situated for the next thing. There's a way you could do it where like, there's always action going on and it's mm-hmm. like nonstop. It would be great to see. And they got to change the, uh, the camera. They, oh they did God. this weird camera thing where they were doing split images. And um, they also have to go back to some sort of um, Chris Berman back, 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 back. Oh, yeah. I miss the back, back, backs. Oh, my God. Back, 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 back. I miss it so much. Um, I would love to see. Do you remember when they went into the swing off between Soto and uh, Otani? Yes. 
and um, Soto showed what kind of hitter he is. How he he just went. It wasn't it wasn't uh, speed mode. It was just see the ball, hit the ball, and he's like lays off, lays off, boom, boom, lays off, boom, hits three straight, and you're like, wow, Soto. If he was given the time to like pick his pitch to to mash on, I don't know if he miss. He'd probably go ninety two percent like with mm-hmm. with his vision. Yeah. So if you like, put him in, if you put him in like the old school home run derby where it's like yeah. ten outs. Yeah. And so I, the rapid fire is, is cool, but it all, is it dimin- does it diminish it? Because you're like, boom. And you're like looking over here and then boom. And you can't see the boom. You're like, your head's on a constant swivel and the double camera action. I don't mind boom, not my pitch, not my pitch. Boom. Because, because when you're being specific on the balls that you, you go for, you're hitting balls harder. You're hitting balls further and we want distance. That's they all, they go to course field. They're like, we're going to get 500 feet. Well, it's like, if you want distance, you got to find some sort of hybrid version of a four minute clock and then being able to pick their pitches or, or could be like, or could be like five outs, like, or like, you know, five outs, like you're not timed, but as soon as you get that fifth out, you're on the clock for two minutes or something like that. It's like, all right, now you got to go. Sure. Like that, like if you do a, if you did a, if you did like something so sure a hybrid of it like 15 swings into 60 seconds mm-hmm. you know after your 15th swing that starts the 60 second clock and it goes rapid fire yeah that would that would make sense you know but i would love it for them to taking their time because they don't get gas that way they get gas yeah. with a rapid fire you're like you, you didn't see barry bonds or mcguire <sighs> Otani was like having to hit home runs. He's like, oh, give me another one. Oh, give me another one. It's like, if it's that's screwing up home runs because they're in such a rush to swing at everything. And just that, that speed that they're doing, it takes away from the end of the round. It takes away from later rounds. And um, also it's gotta be some way in a sh- where it's like, it shouldn't be one-on-one. It should be if we got eight guys, the top four make it on. If we, you know, if we, and then the top two and then number one, because mm-hmm. I think Salvador Perez had the second most home runs in round one. I think and, so, yeah. he, and he wasn't in it. If you have the second most home runs in round one and you're out, well, it's not, that's not baseball. Yeah. It's the second most. He's should be in the playoffs. Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't understand because he went on a run. There was a point where he had like 10 in a row. He's like, I can't catch up to Pete. Boom. Boom. And he just started just absolutely raking. So you've got to find a hybrid of the, um, the way they do it now. And that patience that the old school hitters had back, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, that would be actually really cool to see, uh, you know, kind of going off that, uh, you know, you brought up Otani and, uh, I think, I think that kind of leads for a good kind of transition into what I wanted to maybe get into kind of briefly with the whole, uh, the whole situation that happened with, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shohei Otani. I didn't really get a chance to talk about it too much in depth. And I really, you know, didn't really, uh, I, I think I actually had watched like the clip of, a, of like Stephen A. Smith talking about Shohei Otani when it was going down, uh, so, you know, I was kind of watching that and, you know, I saw a lot of people out having outrage at Stephen A. Smith first. And, you know, while, while I agree that, you know, it's while I agree that it's granted, I, you know, the first thing that I kind of, the, uh, you know, the opinion that I originally kind of agreed with was uh, it came from Jared Carabas, uh, who's a Barstool Sports affiliate. And he kind of came out and he, and he said, and he said, listen, 
I don't know. I, he didn't understand why people were getting mad at, at, at him at first. He didn't know the opinion of it. And he, he was saying like, he was saying, listen, why the hell is anybody listening to what Stephen A. Smith has to say about baseball? Why, mm-hmm. why is anybody oh, thinking exactly. he has to say seriously? Cause when it, cause obviously for anyone who, who missed it, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now, but Stephen A. Smith got basically kind of came under fire for saying that, you know, Shohei Otani can't be like the face of baseball because he needs an interpreter and things like that. And he came under for fire for it. And, you know, here's the thing. First take as, as a sports show, it talks about, it talks about baseball. Typically it's, it's frankly, it's terrible PR for baseball. They'll either talk about baseball when the world series is over, or if there's like, or if there's like a terrible, like, uh, or if there's like a terrible cheating scandal going on, then they'll go full in the depth of it. So of all the days when they, when they, you know, stray from that pattern for that to happen, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of ironic that that happens on the one day that they stray from their pattern with it. Uh, But yeah, how did, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of say some thoughts on it. Um, my opinion on that is like, to me, you've got a lot of sports shows out there yeah. and the people involved with the sports shows can handle the basketball, football, hockey, NASCAR, UFC aspect. And then when they get the baseball, it's a different sport and they don't know what they're talking. Yeah. They just don't, they don't know what they're talking about. It's not, it's not the same thing. You know, yeah. for anybody listening out there, the history of baseball is a different thing from the other sports. It's just different. Like if you're going to come out like and it, it wasn't so much that I thought like th- this was like a cancel culture thing or he should yeah. be fired or anything like that. I thought it was a, just a really stupid comment. They're just stupid. Like yeah. I don't I didn't I don't even think like I think I said I, I made a video about it. I said racist comments. But when I was doing my commentary, I don't think I ever said racist. I think I said stupid. Because yeah. of how like literally stupid the comment is, the the sport is about seeing ethnic like the world rise within the sport in the United States. Mm-hmm. You've seen Hank Greenberg do it for the Jewish people, Sandy Koufax do it for the Jewish people, um, uh, Jackie Robinson do it for the African Americans. Um, you've got uh, Hideo Nomo, Fernando Valenzuela. Uh, Roberto Clemente, um, David Ortiz. Okay. I brought that. I, 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 I that was going to be my point in this was that 2013, who was the face of Boston? David. Went after the bombing, after the bombing, who was the face that you went to was a, a, a guy who didn't speak English as his first language was the face of the city. When the city was attacked and America needed like a rallying cry. And it was yeah. David Ortiz. Does that not say it right there? It doesn't. Exactly. Our heroes have ne- like, oh, I get, I get riled up about it because our that sport, I didn't see color growing. No, I want to like, I honestly believe I did not see the color of people's skin when I was growing up because mm-hmm. probably of baseball. I just watch baseball and I'm that guy's amazing at baseball. That's nobody would nobody was judged based on anything else except their baseball ability. Exactly, and to. To say that Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball is such, it's just, it's so stupid because he is the face of baseball. Mm-hmm. He is the face of baseball right now. With some of the most talented players in the world, who do people want to go see right now? Want I want to go see DeGrom pitch. I want to go see Otani do what Otani does. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is, if, if the Showtime Lakers were Kobe or Magic Johnson or LeBron now, well, I'm sorry, Shohei. I want to see Shohei. I don't care. That's more 
I want to see that. That's the number, not that's the, the face of baseball. That's the face of sport. Yeah. If you know anything about sport right now, that is the face of sport because, because in every other sport, athletes are just doing what they've always done. Yeah. Okay. And he is doing something that hasn't been done in a hundred years. And the last person to do it was the most important baseball player of all time. Okay. And to say that he can't be the face of baseball is just to not understand baseball. That's yeah. all it is. I mean, the thing with that too, is that, you know, of all the sports where, where, where it's like, where it's like, well, I do think that, you know, Shohei, you know, if he, if he does, if he does end up learning the English language, I think that would be very beneficial for him. If he knows, he knows a little States. bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he knows a little bit, but I think he, but I think for, but I think he has the interpreter just so that way, like, you know, he doesn't kind of like, you know, like kind of like flumber some stuff around. I think it's more just so that way he can, he can go like, oh, like, like for, lo- for like longer, like, you know, cohesive responses, he can give it out. Hmm. Like he can like do like, you know, very like simple things like that. But I think that's what the guy is for mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, going off of that, I was, you know, with the whole Shohei thing, you know, I think that Shohei is, you know, I, you know, frankly, he, he's a great guy. I don't think there's anything wrong with him in terms of in terms of you know what, what he what he represents to the game of baseball. And when it came to the whole English aspect thing, ironically, baseball is like like the one sport like is like the one team sport where you don't need to be speaking the same language. In football, you couldn't have you couldn't have a center that spoke German and a and a and a quarterback who spoke uh, and a quarterback you know who spoke English. Like you couldn't have mm. that. Like yeah. you like you couldn't have that dynamic because it wouldn't work and you wouldn't be able to like call up plays. In baseball, like. I, th- I think it was like, I think it was, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was, uh, it got Colin Cowherd kind of like removed from ESPN because he kind of like put some negative connotations on it. But, but he ended up saying like, you could have a shortstop from Korea. You could have a second baseman from the Dominican Republic. You could have a pitcher from, you could have a pitcher from like Texas and you could go out and win a world series. When you think about it, it's the, it's the place where you can take people from all over the world, put them on one place and they speak the same language instantly. Mm-hmm. They speak the same language. They go out there and they can communicate because of their baseball. Baseball is the language. Yeah. The language is baseball. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's a religion. For some people, it's a mathematical escape. It is really whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just the thing that I say about it is that there's no, there's no pre-designed ethnicity, body type, locale for this sport to work. You it's not hockey. You don't need ice. You don't need to be seven foot two. You don't need to be six, four, two fifty, and run a uh, four second 40. Like, you know, you don't have to be superhuman. You don't have to be white. You don't have to be black. You don't have to be in any culture that's, spe- it's not specific to anything you take it you put it in a culture and it rises up within that culture and creates a new style all of its own the way that latin americans play it is different from the way that the japanese play it which is different from the way that we play yeah and they're all right yeah and when you look at it on the world baseball classic and they they all come together there for the world championships you see all those styles and you see that japan wins or the dominican republic wins and that all these styles are completely as effective as anyone and it's the it's the language we all speak and it, i don't know you just see it like hideo nomo was pitching to mike piazza mm-hmm. throwing no hitters yeah right so i it, it's we all speak it like henjin ryu in toronto with danny jansen those two are like kindred spirits. When Danny Jansen's not catching him, his ERA shoots up to four. When it's Danny Jansen, his ERA is 2.2. 2. 
they have a communication that is beyond language. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, dude, it gets me really riled up that 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 there needs to be a specific skin color or, or language coming out of your mouth to make baseball appealing. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't show up for the press post-game interviews. It's not what yeah. I'm there to watch. Yeah, that was like, here's the thing. When Steven was saying that, that was never my like I- idea of like, of why Shohei Otani couldn't be the face of baseball. That was never like th- that, like, to, to me, when, when he was saying like, oh, I don't think Shohei Otani could be, be, could be the face of baseball. And I was like, I want to hear his response because I thought what, because what I thought he might've gone into, which is something that I've, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of considered to be a, a large problem in baseball. And my friend has agreed with, with me on this is that, ba- is that like when you take stuff like the NFL and the NBA and, you know, even other sports like that, they have like a broad focus where they can, where they can go. Like, obviously, you know, the NBA is always going to be, you know, favoring guys like LeBron Giannis also shout out to him for winning a championship last mm-hmm. night. It was Absolutely, great for him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, different things like that. They're always going to have like, you know, they're always going to favor those kind of guys. But when, but when a guy like, like, like Luis Dort or whoever guy, whoever goes out there, like scores like 25 points, they'll, they'll be like, this guy had a career game. Like what, what a show for this guy or an NFL receiver has three touchdowns. And it's like, Oh my God, this is an amazing day. Like it's, it, and it's like you can recognize that baseball from what i noticed on from a marketing standpoint has a very narrow focus and they focus in on like four or five guys and that's it and they kind of and they kind of stick with that and with Shohei, you have a golden goose and my friend my friend was talking to me about this and he was like with Shohei Otani, you have a golden goose you don't yeah. want to be you don't want to be like milking that well or kind of like draining that you don't, you don't want to be draining that dry like you have a you have a great opportunity Use it when he's having, use it when he's, you know, being that successful star that he is. You don't want to be going out there because, you know, he sent me a post and he, and it was, uh, it was talking about Shohei Otani dropping his ERA down to 321 after six, uh, after six shutout innings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, six shutout, six shutout innings, pretty solid bid. And then, but the, all the, all the comments below were saying, were saying, well, what about Cole Irvin, who was in that game pitching for the A's, had seven shutout innings and got the win? And yeah. it's like, um, uh, I remember, was that the one where he had a double and they lost it as soon as Otani came out? Like the, was, the, the, the focal like, point of... It was like very well, recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, Anaheim blew that game late. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much as soon as Otani came out in the seventh, they lost that game. Yeah. And uh, no, but I, I agree with you that like there's so many stories. I, I do a lot of Otani stories. I do a lot of Guerrero stories. I do a lot of Tatis Jr. stories. And I think, they, and I think of, they de- and I think they deserve all the coverage in the world. Like they, yeah. like they, but but when you have like those guys, like like uh, Jesse Winker, like oh yeah, like, where, where's where's the coverage for him going on with MLB? Like he's not getting nearly as much coverage. And I didn't realize he was. I didn't realize he was putting up good enough stats to be an All Star <laughs> this year. I mean, oh, yeah. like he's doing he's doing tremendous things this year mm-hmm. and you're looking at other guys i didn't realize craig kimbrell had, had enough resurgence to be an all-star i thought he was flaming oh, out of the league no he's point like 60 era best exactly. season maybe he's ever had exactly um, but but from yeah what, no we, but from we a, definitely casual, exactly but from when a casual mlb fan would see on on the thing they wouldn't know that craig kimbrell's back they like mm-hmm. the last you heard about K- craig kimbrell he was flaming out in chicago last year and it was like oh he's done but now he's back and he's an all-star mm-hmm. oh yeah and uh, what an all-star um, yeah. he's a he's a big pickup piece um no i uh the mlb net mlb network um spent the first two months of the season trying to fix baseball by moving the mound back you know like their 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 conversational topic pieces are are pretty pretty rough because they were playing the catch-up game in that um 
then things got switched to to foreign substance, rightfully so, and that that grabbed a lot of the headlines. That grabbed a lot of the stories. Like that, you go to you would go to MLB Network, and what what was their focal point on the day? It was a uh, 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 the Atlantic League is trying to get rid of the pickoff move, and you're like, you're like, oh okay, uh, and you're you're trying to fix the game in all of these ways, and then it became foreign substance, and that was a focal point. Then it shifted, and now they're like, oh yeah, there's baseball going on, you know, and they're and and they look at the they look at the main things to look at. They try the problem is that you you mentioned those other sports, and those other sports are much more conducive for making stars. Mm. a team is a star okay a team on, on uh, in football is the quarterback a team in hockey is the first line a team in basketball is the point guard and their number one scoring whatever is power forward or shooting forward whatever yeah. it it's like two guys you know so it's easy to make stars yeah baseball is the ultimate team game baseball is the ultimate team game and they try to show it off like it's a one person thing like you've got a game and you're like let's talk about otani tonight you're like well there's, there's an entire team there's an entire team and and they don't know how to talk about it like it's a team they don't know how to they try to focus on one person instead of bringing out four people at the end of the game for an interview let's bring the infield out here and talk about all those amazing plays that you guys made let's have the battery of the pitcher and the catcher together let's have the outfield do an interview let's have the three four five hitters out here talking as a group and like putting their arms around each other right uh, instead of the one-on-one and trying to make it like you're here's the star of the night here's the star of the night this is baseball there was no star there this guy may have done well individually but seven other guys did stuff to make this win happen it's let's stop so that's what i'm saying is when when you've got those sports commentators who they can do hockey they can do basketball they can do football they can do ufc they can do everything like that and, and sometimes hockey to baseball, too is, and sometimes hockey too is is um is kind of can be sometimes be a wash depending on the guy that's that that is very very true uh hockey hockey seems like a lot of the time they just didn't make it in something else so it's like i'll go do hockey you know and like um yeah, it's it, hockey can be interesting in the United States. That's for sure, for commentator standpoint. Buffalo's got it good though. Like, there's some there's some good teams out there that can have good commentators. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just don't think like I would love I would love a new generation of sports commentators to come into baseball. You go into the commentator booth and it's like sixty five year old guy and his seventy four year old partner, and they're like they're going to sit there and talk about Juan Marichal's games from like, the, <laughs> and you're like. Uh, it doesn't connect to anybody like it can it makes yeah. me happy don't get me wrong it gets, makes me happy but you need somebody 32 28 with some spunk with some some zest in life some connection to the youth and 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 you just need to spread the game out in a in a completely different way than the old two guys talking up one thing and then even even games where otani's not pitching they're talking about otani Right. So don't get me wrong. Like, and, and, and they should, right. He's Babe Ruth 2.0, but like you said, um, there's, there's so many stories happening right now. There's so many stories happening right now in the game. And Kevin Gosman, who talks about Kevin Gosman, right? Like nobody's going to talk about Kevin Gosman. The ZRA isn't the ones I think. So yeah. How ghastly. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I hear you. Yeah. 
So I think I, I think you, you got to spread the love. Like like obviously you know show show love to those stars. But you know when a guy has like a career game, like I feel like you, you got to get it out there. Like like listen, if Ryan Lavarn way or whoever is or, or whoever is going out there and, and yeah, he has like a nice two for four game. Like you know all the credit to Ryan Lavarn way. Love you, man. Uh, you know best of luck to you on Team Israel. Uh, but uh, you know you know like you're seeing guys go out there. It's like it's like okay, we don't need to be like doing every every kind of guy. But it's like all right, you know. You know, for the guys that are, you know, consistent enough, get them out there, get their, get their story and get them going. But, but kind of going off that, uh, you, you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned MLB network kind of transitioning their stuff and their stories kind of going into foreign substance. Uh, you know, obviously I found you originally on TikTok through your coverage of the foreign substance scandal in baseball. Uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was wondering was after the enforcement of it, where was this kind of a scandal going to go? And, you know, from what I had, from what I had, uh, heard, from what I heard you talking about, you would uh you would basically come out and and you said uh that the next possible step in the foreign substance scandal could be going through the catchers. Uh, I'll let you kind of get into that. Uh, I re- do you remember that video like eight years ago when Yadi had the ball stick to his chest yeah. protector? Right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much pretty much that. So it's like it's this is hap- this is happening with the catchers and has happened with the catchers. It's not some like new revelation. The same way that yeah, yeah. foreign substance isn't some new revelation to pitchers that. It's just it's just been reimagined in in the the present day baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I really think that that's something that you got to worry about is that ball touches a lot of hands, and guys are going to want grip on that ball. So who says that after a strikeout, shortstop isn't loading it up on a slow around the horn play, or catcher isn't loading it up on? You know, there's so many different ways that, oh and catchers aren't getting checked. Yeah. Catchers aren't getting checked. Nobody's checking catchers right now. And um, uh, I can't remember who it was for the Dodgers. It wasn't Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a ground ball and it stuck to his like inside of his catching uh, arm. And it just like stuck right about there just for a half <laughs> second. Like, you're like, well, what's that for? Gary Sanchez had this uh, one video done on him a month ago, pretty much right after. And he looked like a, Richard Rodriguez for the Pirates with the <laughs> gunk glove, the like mud glove that he's got. Like he had so Sanchez had so much pine tar in his glove that it seemed like every time it would go into the webbing, it would just be loaded. You know, it was just like it was. It seemed like it was in the webbing, so you just catch it and it's loaded and send it back, and then they they give it this right. So, um, my my thing is what I'm really worried about out of out of everything is is the the CBA this off season. And there's a bunch of grumpy pitchers who come in and they've lost millions and millions of dollars because they're not, their stuff isn't the same as it was and their contracts dropped. Like, you know, it was going to be a 180. Now it's 120 and they want to strike. And like, if they strike this year, I think the videos that I'm going to start doing are like, let's just get mad at the pitchers because the hitters, like the game is fine. The game is rolling. Can the pitchers all get together and say, look, our numbers aren't the same, but like ERA plus, figures it out over the over the era that you play in right it's like we don't all have to be striving to get down to 1.12 and beat bob gibson like i know we all want to but that's not the year of baseball that we play in like Mm -hmm. it's it's not good for the fans nobody wants to see 16 strikeout games every game it's like you do once in a while but that's because it's a it's a diamond in the rough right you don't want it to be a rough full of diamonds because then the diamond isn't as beautiful anymore so it's just like you've got a so many games. You just go in and, and 13, 14 strikeouts in the sixth. And it's just guys walking up, like going back, walking. And it's boring. It's boring. I want 
and in some cases it hasn't made pitchers that much less effective because they're super amazing stuff that is unhittable now it gets like grounded out to shortstop yeah. on the second pitch. And they're looking there and they're like, that would have been a six pitch strikeout, but it was a two pitch ground out. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I can go two innings more now, you know, like pitchers were killing themselves for longevity. Yeah. Pitchers wonder we're why we're wondering why they're getting pulled in the sixth with two hits. It's because you're at 103 pitches because you struck out 14 guys. It's like, if you divvy up those outs, if you get outs on one pitch, you're like, uh, I saw TJ Brubaker do a four pitch out, a four pitch inning, you know, like it's fast. It gets your team back to the plate. You know, they, they came out there, they make three plays and then they're back to hitting and it gets them into a hitting group. Like don't sit out there. And you're like, you went three up, three down on 24 pitches. You're like, huh? 24 pitches. And you're like, well, yeah, I, I walked two guys and then I got three strikeouts and, uh, and it got me to 24 pitches. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I got three strikeouts, right? My, my strikeout per nine is great. And you're like, I don't know. I, I, I've talked to Tommy John. I know Tommy John. This guy would walk people to ground and get the next double play. You know, <laughs> this guy's going to hit a homer off me. So I'll put him on first and then this guy will get a double play. And like, that's how he pitched. That's not really taught anymore. It's just K's, yeah. K's, K's. And um, so the, the, the pitchers, if they get together and they're like, we need to strike. I feel like that the, the second half of my season is going to be directed towards getting them a substance that everybody can agree on. So when we get to CBA time and they start talking about it in the off season, like I need the work to be almost done. I almost need to champion that cause now because I don't, if they strike, I am going to just like pull pull my hair out. I'm just going to strangle somebody. And I, they can't, they have momentum now. They have the golden goose in Otani. They have the next generation of stars, which they haven't had. Uh, Soto, Tatis, Acuna, Guerrero. They have all of these stars. They have a, they have a, a, it was, the game was almost like in the last decade, it was like Trout better be healthy. Yeah. Right. You know, now like everybody's going to be, their, their jaws are going to fall to the floor. There's like five guys out there who are as good as Trout. Yeah. Yeah. There's like five guys who have Trout like careers ahead of them. Acuna is like going to have a trout career. He is. He is that good. Um, Tatis is having the greatest shortstop season of all time. Yeah. Offensively at 22, 22, 22. That's, that is more than a trout career. Like if he does those, if he does trout numbers at shortstop and can figure out his throwing arm, Otani is on pace for the greatest war season of all time. Vladimir Guerrero is the nastiest bat I've ever seen. So it's just like, there's five trouts now. There's five of them. There hasn't been that. I don't think since Duke Snyder, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle in the like 1950s. Like we haven't had that core of ultimate talent that Acuna goes down. Nobody's even talking about it. Like people are talking about it because they're sad. Yeah. But get well, there's, there's a core of talent that are like, oh, I'll just watch Tatis tonight. I'll just watch Guerrero tonight. Otani tonight. Soto tonight, it's fine. There's, uh, there's any one of those guys, any two of those guys can go down in one season, and there's enough amazing talent to just pick it up. And um, so to strike now, while the iron is hot, is the wrong time to strike. You know, it's like, don't, don't strike. Get them some gunk on that ball. Like I said, I think I said this last time. I will sit 
there and I will rub the gunk on the ball. So the balls are tacky. I will, I will do, I'll just do it for free. I will yeah. give up <laughs> a year of my life and I will just sit there in a room. If you just give me a TV so I can watch some games while I do it, I'll sit there and I'll just rub the ball and that'll be my job. And we don't have to strike. If that's the solution, you just need somebody rubbing up the balls with something a little sticky. And then the hitters be like, yeah, I can agree with that. That's a sticky enough ball that the hitters agree. And the pitchers agree. If that's all that we need and we could have a strike that stops baseball, I'll just do it. I'll just sacrifice the next few years of my life to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because if it does, it just shouldn't. I can stop it. If I can stop it just by rubbing up the balls, please, I'll rub up the balls. Please don't strike. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I hope it doesn't come to that. I really hope we don't have to sit you in some faraway place and just like have you just like slowly just rubbing up these That's what I want to be known as, the guy who rubs up balls. (laughs) Hey, Kami, just like that's a just the pinnacle that's the pinnacle but uh you know going off that though uh you know we, you know that this is kind of, obviously this isn't the new age of you know cheating and whatnot but it's like the new age of baseball trying to enforce a level of cheating there's however there seems to almost be a, a possibility that we might be seeing some real old school cheating going on uh throughout baseball right now because uh I, I don't know if you saw i don't know if you saw this you actually posted something down below too which was kind of interesting uh but i was watching the red sox yankees game obviously because Red Sox fan here. There was uh, and there was some stuff going down. I w- I will get to the other story in, with that in a second. But I was uh, but I was watching the game, and it appeared that at one point, like Christian Vasquez, like like he kind of like called the pitch off. He stood up and like started pointing towards center field, and I'm like, what is he pointing at? And all of a sudden, like you see them go to like a slow mo cam, and they pan up towards center field, and you see a guy kind of just like lift like a light up, and you put it down, and and you know it was very quick, and like there was like and you know. I don't know if it happened again throughout the game or what, or what was going on with it, but you just see like a guy lift a light up real quick and then he puts it back down. And it's like, what is going on there? Cause you know, you know, in the age of cell phones and any guy could, any guy could just pull out, you know, one of these and just go and, you know, maybe he's taking a picture of the field. He has the flash on or whatnot. And it could just be that, but you know, you, you know, when you see a light coming from center field, it has that obvious uh, kind of uh, old school vibe of like, you know, 1951 giants, Bobby Thompson, yeah. Bobby Thompson. Yeah. Science stealing. Like yeah. Most likely, most likely a, some sort of science signaling device. Yeah, exactly. could be a laser. could be some like whatever, you know, I don't think the guys are having buzzers on their chest now, but you know, it makes you wonder, do you think that the Yankees and, you know, you were possibly, you were, you ended up typing something about the blue Jays. I don't know too much about that. I'll have you kind of talk about it. Do you think that this could be coming back to baseball? Um, I think the Yanks right now are in a desperate place. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, I think Boone's job is on the line. That mm-hmm. it always is in New York. If you put up a season where you don't make the playoffs, you're probably gone. That's literally it. If you don't make the playoffs, you're gone. Yeah. It, um. So they've been they've been connected to it in the past. They haven't been like strung up the way that the Astros were or the Red Sox were. Um, but they were like, I think if the Yankees would have made it to the world series in 18, we'd probably be talking about that. Yeah. We'd probably be talking about how it was the Yankees, mm-hmm. um, uh, Kansas city Royals 2015. I don't know if you know about that. That's supposed to be a big thing now that they were sign stealing really? throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And it makes sense to me because, uh, sorry, Kansas city Royals fans, but that team was not as good as the like 2015 Jays were. Like those, that 2015 Jays team was incredible. And that, <laughs> that Kansas city Royals team, 
Like I've, uh, that's the big story is that that was the first team that started doing it. And that's a team that was kind of under the radar. And it really makes sense that that kind of put them over the top to be able to do this. And then that kind of leaks out. And then you see Houston really adopt it. Like I, and then um, the thing with Toronto was that uh, in the, I think in the um, Jose, Jose Batista and his uh, kind of, rocket up into the you know from being a fourth outfielder in pittsburgh and having no other on a last place team for 20 years where is there to go oh he went up to canada and now he's hitting 50 you know yeah and and i think it was like people didn't really understand the the jays in that time had this amazing core of sluggers with him and Carnacion, Batista and Carnacion and and Donaldson. And they kind of like let those guys loose. But like, there was always these rumors that people were hanging out in the, uh, in the hotel and they were like, um, you know, like people were standing in the windows and they were like signaling with cards or something that was, that was brought up. Um, But it was like, I think it, it, it fell apart because, this, the consistency of those sluggers lasted for half a decade, right? Like mm-hmm. Batista was a six-time all-star with the Jays. Encarnacion hit 30, it seemed, every single year. Donaldson yeah. came and won an MVP. Like, and it's still happening now. Like, look at Marcus Simeon. You come to that team, that team, that team can hit. They've yeah. always been able to hit. And um, so, but there were these rumblings that somebody was up in the in the hotel areas flashing to the team and now this stuff with the yankees like like i said they're desperate what do you do when you're desperate i don't know that kind of makes me think that they they had they had they won against the red Sox all year before that series had they i think they were over for the they were season against they yeah were they were over seven. seven now not just trying to like come back and win the year and make it to the playoffs but just to beat the red Sox one time one series like it might have just been that you know you go you go oh for 10 you go one for one for 10 against the red Sox. you're you're really like i make it made a bunch of videos about yankees need to be sellers yankees need to stop doing what they do yankees need to actually make a baseball team for once which they don't they're ops obsessed they think yeah. the highest OPS at every position is going to get them a World Series. That's not what happens when you go into playoff baseball. When yeah. you go into playoff baseball, you're up against two aces and the best arms in the bullpen. So if you're a strikeout heavy team, you're going to strike out a lot. That's just what happens. It's why the mm-hmm. big bats fall apart in the playoffs and guys like DJ LeMahieu do well. It's because you have a diverse approach at the plate and you're able to hit more than one pitch that's badly located. If yeah. you're a bad, if you're a, a mistake hitter, if you hit mistakes and that's what your career is based off of, you're not going to see many mistakes in the postseason. Okay. So you can't hit that way. You have to be able to score runs with speed on the base paths. You have to be able to take the extra base. You have to be able to sacrifice when the time, when you have to go for one run, you have to be able to get one run. Mm-hmm. If your approach is only three run bomb and you need one run, and you're swinging for the fences when you've got a guy at second base and, and two outs and you're swinging a base hit scores and base hit ties the game. You're swinging for the fences. Yeah. Like it's, there's no baseball going on there. There's money ball got to the point where it was too money ball and you don't watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> you don't watch the sport anymore. And it's it becomes, just like, it becomes fantasy baseball. 
Yeah. And you, there's, there's, there's just a basic idea of building a team. You need a shortstop who is a shortstop. Okay. It doesn't matter if he hits ninth. Okay. It doesn't matter as long as he makes every damn play that he's supposed to, and he makes a few that he's not supposed to. Okay. Um, you need a center fielder. You need a catcher. Do the Yankees have any of those? Which one do they have? They don't have a center fielder. They don't have a shortstop. They don't have a catcher. And, and I mean a catcher. I mean a catcher. They got a guy who can sit on his back foot and jerk them into the stands. They don't have a catcher. Do they have a shortstop? No, they have a converted second baseman who wasn't good at second base playing shortstop. That doesn't make any sense. And then they have Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks out in center field. Okay, Aaron Hicks is all right. He's got a good arm. He's, a, he's an average center fielder. Yeah. You, you're used to seeing, like, if, if he's going to be a, a mediocre defensive center fielder, he better be Bernie Williams. You know, he better be, like, you had Mickey Mantle. You had Joe DiMaggio. Like, center field, shortstop, defense up the middle. That's, that's the core of baseball is defense up the middle and then find your offense in the corners. And I don't know. It just seems like sound baseball strategy to try to build a baseball team. Yeah. But, no, it's OPS everywhere. Where's, where's the most OPS? I'll put him in there. Oh, he dropped it. Well, we lost. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, you, you have to have those, you have to have those keys in order to win at those levels. Uh, another thing I wanted to get in with the Yankee series too, was cause uh, you know, you know, when the Mookie Betts trade went down, I was uh, not very high on the return because we ended up getting, uh, you know, a, there were a bunch of prospects that came back, uh, you know, two of them now, obviously, are in the majors. Uh, you think of Connor Wong and you think of uh, uh, Alex Verdugo, who is the main returner there. I wasn't mm-hmm. huge on Verdugo because there was like a lot of baggage with him coming over. There was like a lot of stuff you didn't know. Now, now, since he's gotten to Boston, he's fallen in love with the city and I've fallen in love with him. So much so that when I was at the last uh, Red Sox game, I felt it was only uh, obli- <laughs> I felt Oh, was, there you go. I felt it was an obligation to go get one. It was, it, I had, I, all the Red Sox shirts that I had weren't by active players. So I, so I was like, I was like, I need to go get a new one. Cause I, the only shirts I had left were Pedroia and Mookie. And I was like, I need a new shirt. Um, I, I do this weird thing. I, I, uh, when I want to get a Jersey, I get a commentator on the back. <laughs> because the commentators will stick around. <laughs> if you get like a 48, 45 year old commentator and you really like his voice, you put that on the back and people go, Hey, you got the commentator on the back. <laughs> and, and it's like, uh, they never, they, they probably won't move if they're like, like built around this, you know, then you might, you get a scully on, on the back of a Dodgers Jersey and that, yeah. you know, that, that lasted for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, like at the moment with the Verdugo Mookie trade, everybody was like, why? You got a guy there named Mookie Betts. He was your MVP, um, uh, best uh, defensive right fielder with Judge. Um, does everything right. Does everything right. Has the smile. Is the guy you want to build a baseball team around? Like every single thing says, this is the guy that you keep long term. And they were like, no. I mean, and, and listen, there's still a part of me that that still wants that. <laughs> like, oh no, I, 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 I get it. Really, still wants that because I'm because I'm just like we're the Boston freaking Red Sox. We have the money to pay this guy. Why yeah. don't we? And you know, we ended up getting Verdugo, and you know, he's been he's been a hit here. He's still a young guy, so I think that he has a lot of potential. Is he like? I think you have a comparable production just in those two being traded for each other heads up, mm-hmm. like his. Oh, I think Verdugo's OPS is what about 830, 840? Yeah, something like that. Left-handed bat, very quick bat, chokes up, does everything right. Good defense. 
Am I wrong there? He's, he's a good defensive yeah, player, he's, right? Yeah, he's pretty solid especially, defensively. Especially in right field in, in Boston, which is the, the outfield in Boston is, is treacherous. Yeah. Um, he kind of has but, like an old school approach to himself about the play too. Like he's like, he's not pull happy. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's like really into that launch angle stuff. Like he's like, he'll kind of work it the opposite way. Like Rod Carew style. He's like, he's mm-hmm. not afraid to do that. And it, it is kind it is like when you watch him play, it's kind of like watching like a, it's a bit of a throwback. Oh yeah. A, a gritty guy. Like he, he's got that Dodgers, um, like, like it kind of reminds me of Muncie on the left mm-hmm. side there. Yeah. Um, but like the, the money there, the, the money that you guys saved, you guys, like you guys did that. You didn't lose much production. JD is back. Devers is insane. Xander is having a career year 27, which is probably the most underrated player in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Vasquez is a catcher. You've got a catcher who's your catcher. Oh, wow. How amazing. What an idea that is. And you, I like Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, he needs to start hitting more in my opinion. Yeah, I, I know he's, he's a rookie. I, I just, yeah, I yeah. like him for where he will go. You know, yeah, I like yeah. him as a piece moving forward. Um, and I like, dude, you've got Chris Sale. He just Coming threw down. three and two thirds, six uh, up in, strikeouts. Up, up in Portland. Yep. 98. Dude, he was 92 before Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Before Tommy John, he would look like he, the arm was done. It yeah. looked like the, he was he was sliding into that got to become a pitcher time. If he's throwing 98 and the slider is the slider that it's been for a decade, you've got your ace back for free. Yeah. You've got your ace back. It doesn't cost you anything. And you guys go from World Series champions little bit of a lull you deal Mookie to being right back in there right back in there when you guys were probably fourth at the beginning of the year that's where people had you as fourth I think so I didn't believe any of that at the beginning of the year um there's too much of a ball club there there's just too much of a ball club even before the the season started even what I had seen of Verdugo in, in the limited time in the COVID season I was like that's a ball player that's a straight up ball player. And yeah. um, that's, I think the thing is that you can, you can look at the numbers, you can look at the OPS, you can look at the contract, you can look at how big that they are in the market or everything. And then you can just look at the ball player. Yeah. And when they sat down they made that deal and they gave up Mookie Betts. So like, we're getting a, we're getting a ball player back. We're getting a ball player back at right field. It's just like, that's not really that key of a position. This isn't like Mookie, was brought up as a second baseman. Yeah. Let's remember that. Like, I still don't understand why he's not a second base. I get it. He's really good defensively in right field, but the offensive production that you would get at him if he was defensively solid at second base well, would well, be I can astronomical. You, I can, well, I can tell you why he wasn't. It's because we had Pedroia at the time. And, oh, and yeah. Were, and it was like, but, we had to, like, do something with him. And it was like, oh, But it's God. just like, Dodgers, well, hey, he that guy used to, like, I, I, uh, I did a video about uh, two-way catchers. Yeah. You know, about catchers and like not taking away somebody's like what somebody can do, mm-hmm. like taking away that utility ability. Like Josh Donaldson was a catcher. Bryce Harper was a catcher. Kyle Schwarber was a catcher. Craig Biggio was a catcher. Um, all these guys were ca- Pablo Sandoval was a catcher, you know, <laughs> and it's like 
knees knees go to hell i know pablo i know i know yeah, I, 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 i'm sorry just, he, just the pain the pain he caused during his oh yeah oh yeah unbearable <laughs> but it's just like i think something happens with ball clubs where they're like hey stop being athletic we don't we want you to stop stealing bases because you can hit homers and you're like no he can hit homers because he's got great legs the legs go the homers go yeah. stop telling them not to be athletes stop taking away their athleticism like i honestly love joe madden in anaheim saying uh otani go start uh and then and you hit and then when you're out of the game you play right like well let's just see what we can get out of this guy let's this is baseball this isn't 162 games of football uh, don't get me wrong baseball is a horribly hard grind yeah but but you know cal ripkin played shortstop for 18 years straight and Lou Gehrig did it for 16 years straight. And it's like, have we forgotten that guys just 10, 15 years ago used to play every game? It's like, let's, if, if you're a guy who can catch 20 games, that is valuable. Mm-hmm. Why is it, why is it number one catcher? And then like $500,000 backup catcher who catches one guy has a 520 OPS doesn't do anything, but you know, he can really frame well. It's like, are, is that guy going to get to pinch hit? Are you going to pinch hit with that guy no. against lefties in the eighth? No, he's a waste. He's a waste. So like I, I, everybody kind of chewed me up for the idea that Sanchez, I, I'm like, if I was the Yankees, I would package Gary Sanchez for Gallup. You need the left-handed bat in New York. And they're like, no, they, they don't need another slugger. It's like, yeah, you need a 400 on base guy. Who's got great defense, an amazing arm can play first base, third base corner outfield and have a 400 on base percentage and hit probably 50 fucking oh i said the f word i apologize I, you're all hey we, this we can go we can go expletive with this okay i, I yeah. i'm sorry to swear but yeah, um you're good no like this i can make a podcast expletive it's i uh, swear all the time on this fucking podcast <laughs> okay well that's good to know i try to keep it like pg-13 yeah, but like Gallo would be great in new york he'd, he'd probably do really wait right great with that short porch that he can hit to and it's like send gary to to texas where he can catch 50 60 games um sam huff can catch 80 90 games and they're like and, and texas is like we don't need gary sanchez and it's like we got sam huff sam huff is two he's six foot five 235 mm-hmm. and he's a catcher how long is that gonna last you're talking about yeah. saving knees it's like how about sam huff catches 80 90 games um gary sanchez catches 40 50 games Isaiah Kiner Falefa catches the rest because he can. And then you've got this kind of rotating catcher spot, all of them that get the DH spot. The DH spot is not a DH spot anymore. The David Ortiz yeah. DH spot, it's it's not a thing anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a rotating day off. And that's mm-hmm. what works. Get guys in there, um, get Gary Sanchez comfortable to uh, play 40 games at first base. And then you've got a guy who catches 50, plays first base for 40, and then DH is 70. And then you got him in for 150 games. He thinks only about hitting because that guy is an incredible home run hitter who's not thinking about hitting home runs. He's thinking about managing an entire pitching squad. So get that out of his head. Give him two pitchers to work with. You know, when it goes to bullpen arms, bring in somebody else to catch and then let him slug 40, you know, because he can Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you want him to do? Do you want to sacrifice? Do you want him to try to figure out how to block at 29? Or do you just want to admit that, you know, we'll put that guy in. And instead of trying to defensively win the games where he's the catcher, 
maybe he'll hit a three run bomb and that'll make up for any pass balls. You yeah. know, don't make that your primary catcher. Don't make that your number one guy. They've been trying to, he, they're like, he, he needs to catch more. Oh, batting 167. Oh, he's hitting better. Oh, he's dropping everything. It's like, don't make him do both. Yeah. Make him do a one. He should be like the Otani of catchers, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I don't know. I just feel like that. Um, we, we, were, we were talking about Mookie playing second. Why doesn't he get a few, like they got, I know they've got um, uh, Lux, Gavin Lux yeah. now, and they've got Corey Seager when he comes back. So they've got an infield, but I just don't understand why a guy who was MVP with a thousand OPS in Mookie. I mean, that was the conversation going into the 2018 world series. Cause it was, it was supposed to be like, all right, well, you had a, you know, when, it, when the series was going to Dodger stadium, it was like, it was like, well, you have a great defensive center fielder and Jackie Bradley jr. I mean, you know, granted a Mookie, he's a gold glover as well. You don't want to take JD's bat out of the lineup and Andrew Benintendi at the same time was doing well too. And at second base, he had Brock Holt who, you know, it was basically just a utility guy. And, you know, yeah, I love Brock, the Brock ultimate Holt, utility guy yep. fan favorite in Boston, love him, love him to death. But, but it's like, listen, he's just a Swiss army knife guy that you can plug at any position. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and it was like, listen, like it was it was like on boston sports talk radio it was like a legit discussion of like should we put mookie bets at second base like should we mm-hmm. be doing this for the series because you know defensively like he's played there actually like in like some like in some like mop-up games like he's actually had gotten some starts there so like you know we've we, we actually have seen him at the position he's not terrible he's like yeah. solid and like and with shifts it. with shifts now you got a left-handed bat he's pretty much going into right field anyways yeah Right. So I don't know. I just, I don't understand bringing it back to the catcher thing. I just don't understand why you take something out of their repertoire completely, mm-hmm. completely. Like I've seen video of Josh Donaldson catching the guy could catch. Yeah. Why take that away? Why take exactly. it away? Leave it in them to know one pitcher. You get to know one guy and you're our backup catcher and we can put out this stud super hitting lineup and, and we'll judge you only, you know, it's, and, and like the knees, it can't do it because of the knees. Here's my argument for that. This is why they definitely should do it now. The entire catching concept has been redefined in the last 18 months with the sing, with the one knee down approach. Guys are taught to get down, give a good target for the umpires and not get in that squat anymore. The squat's done. They killed the squat in the last 18 months. So why not, if you're going to do one knee down already, in a, in a, in a catcher position, that's saving your knees. It is a lot easier to get into that position than popping the squat for nine innings. That's saving the knees. The knees are already being saved. So why not try to get a little bit more offense out of the catcher spot? If the knees are not going to be that big of a deal moving forward. And they've got the little pads behind the knees that saves everything too. So they've, they've made advances where you're not having to be Johnny bench. You don't have to go through Johnny bench. Like, you don't have to be Pudge Rodriguez and go through you know, Buster Posey made it. So you don't have to get run over at home plate anymore. So yeah. it's just like catching is as hard as it was 20 years ago. It's harder to deal with the super breaking high velocity pitches, oh my God, but it's yeah. not, it's not as much as a, of a grind. You're not getting run over. You're it. It's just not as rough. It's probably like 15, 20% easier now. So yeah. why not get some offense out of that position? hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, you know, I, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, there's a lot of benefits to, to doing that. Uh, kind of going back to what I had gotten into with the Verdugo thing that I, I originally wanted to bring up. Uh, another player, too, I think. Oh, that, 
another player too that I think you'll you know want to watch out for in a little bit uh, in a little bit as well with the Red Sox coming up. I hope that he you know comes on soon because uh, the the new Red Sox AAA park is actually like only like t- ten minutes from my house. They ended up moving uh, their facilities to uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, which is uh, much closer to where I live. Mm-hmm. Other you know because originally they were in Pawtucket and. You know, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been near Pawtucket and because uh, not the greatest place, uh, but it was uh, once you're like the thing I'll say about the Pawtucket Red Sox. And I've said this on the show many times. Once you were in the ballpark, you had a good time. The walk to the ballpark was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But with the Worcester Park, it's in a great it's actually in a great location in the city. And like it's all, all around a good thing. The Red Sox ended up calling up their uh, I believe it's their number three prospect, Jaron Duran. He's now in the major leagues. Uh, he is someone that to really watch for because I, you know, I was seeing him perform down in AAA, and my God, the home runs that this guy can hit are electric. And in my opinion, he could be what 2011 Jacoby Ellsbury was, where it was like the 300, the great defense, and the, mm-hmm. and the 30 something home runs. Mm. I think Jaron Duran could be that for the Boston Red Sox every season because the amount of power he has and the defensive presence and the speed that this guy has, it's insane. You know, he just hit his first career home run against the Blue Jays, uh, against the Blue Jays like the other night, and I think he got his first hit off Garrett Cole. And uh, you know, I he, I don't, I think he's at, I think he's only like one for six or like two for whatever right now. But uh, you know, if he starts to string it together and get it, he could be a guy that I'm really interested uh, that you know could be really interesting to watch, and you know, could be another guy that you know we didn't have to go out at the trade deadline and go get. That's something I'm really interested in seeing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, it, it's a great spot to to come up with too, with with uh, with that lineup, with that uh, core group you got with Verdugo, with JD, with Devers, with Bogarts to come up with that group. Most of those guys have a World Series championship ring, yeah. And uh, it's that that's a great place to get your feet wet. That lineup um, allows you to be in a lot of great positions. You, you can be hitting in the eight spot, seven spot, and you've probably got guys on base for you with that lineup. So you yeah. know it's. It's, it's a great place to get your feet wet. And um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, yeah, I saw that the Red Sox game that was a 13 to four oh drubbing. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Wh- I don't know what was going on. It was just a massacre that game. Oh yeah. Ross Stripling couldn't get anything over and it was just an absolute debacle, but, uh, and then yesterday was rained out. Yeah. So yesterday, we'll, yesterday, yesterday got rained out. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, I don't know if they're doing it today or whatever's going on, but uh you know, the thing I did want to get into, uh, into Verdugo was, you know, going back to the Yankee series, uh, and the reason I was holding up the Verdugo jersey in defense was a Yankee fan ended up throwing a ball at, at Alex Verdugo. And Alex Verdugo, you know, is typically the type of guy who, you know, I saw him like pissed off at like the crowd and whatnot. And I'm just like, this seems like very not like him because if you've actually watched Alex Verdugo mic'd up, he actually likes to go over kind of talk shit with like all the, with like the opposing fans and, and, mm-hmm. and, just, be, and just be like, be like, oh, like this will be like a fun game, like to kind of like have some back and forth with even with the Yankee fans that, that, you know, the ones that would even be like, you suck. I'll be like, ah, like whatever. Like you guys have a good one too. Like, and you, you win the fans over, right? If you, yeah. if you give them their, like their, their day in court, and you give them a little shout exactly. out and they, like they he, love you, you know? like he's super cordial with it. And it's like, it's, and it's really funny. And like, like, I, like, I think he's won a bunch of fans over with it, but you know, I guess some Yankee fan ended up throwing a ball at him and you know, he was livid and mm-hmm. it was crazy. I guess this fan is now banned from all 30 stadiums. Mm-hmm. Like it's, craziness i i i did want to touch on that because i'm just like that fan sucks i i, I wish uh like the, like the celtics fan who got outed for throwing the water ball at Kyrie. i don't know why we couldn't have gotten a camera on this guy so that way he could have been so that way we couldn't have made him enemy number one but uh oh yeah <laughs> 
Uh, I remember the Kansas City uh, first base coach was mobbed by two guys, two White Sox fans or something like 15 years ago. Do you remember that? You don't remember? Uh, that's probably before your time. There was uh, when it's over, take a look it up and go uh, first base I've coach Kansas City. It, and it's these it, two shirtless guys like run out onto the field and like their father and son and they start beating up the first base coach. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's Rusty Kuntz. Like I, I always worry about saying his name because his name yeah. is like, <laughs> it's, it's a wild name, but uh, yeah. I think they go out and they, they beat him up something like uh, 2004, 2006 or something. I remember that. I remember, um, I remember when um, John Rocker was playing for the Braves back mm-hmm. like long time ago. Uh, I think Mets fans were handing out like batteries at the like to, to fans coming into the ballpark to like throw a John Rocker. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, that's really terrible. But like John yeah. Rocker's the most racist son of a bitch in the world. So I was like, all right, that's okay. <laughs> it's like, you can, as long as they don't hit anybody except for John Rocker, I guess that's it. Yeah. But like, uh, no, I don't, I, that baseball, baseball has put up those catch fences in the last few years. And that's already kind of created a little bit of a disconnect which I never liked. I liked that the that you were so able to like. There was nothing in between. There was no glass or anything between you and the and the players. And I get it. Like these guys are ripping balls 119 miles an hour into the stands. So you don't want some six year old who's down with their head in their phone dying. You know. Yeah. And uh, um, but to like, I, I always love the interactions the players have with the fans when they flip them the balls. You know, the third out or anything like that, and they have little moments with them or a uh, prince fielder was like it prince fielder nacho, eating the yeah. nachos yeah or uh manny doing the high five when he caught yeah. that one ball and he ran up and gave the guy a high five over and, and then he threw yeah. the ball and then he threw the ball in like because it was still like the inning was still going right he, he got the double five. play he, he yeah double and play. off a high five like what there's a high five in there <laughs> it's and manny being manny 100 percent. and um i don't know it's just i i, I don't like that stuff like that kind of makes you like, Oh, uh, keep the fans away from them. The players, bad stuff can happen because that that's so dangerous throwing a ball at a player. Like yeah. how can you get to that? I, I get it. It's Yankees, Red Sox. It's Yankees, Red Sox, but it's like, it's like, I, 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 I'm an, I'm an AL East guy. My, my team sits in the AL East and yeah. um, I, I like all the other teams. Yeah. Okay. I like all the other teams in their history. Like uh, I could talk about Brooks Robinson for the Orioles forever. You know, that guy had a 40 D war, you know, like I, I can talk about, you know, any individual team with like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to lose to them, but I respect the hell out of them. I respect the hell out of every player that gets on that field. And I don't have this like, and I, I, I'm not saying that, like my love for the game is pretty high. I love it a lot. And I'm, I don't think that that guy loves the game more than I do. <laughs> so where, where is this rage passion coming from that you have to hurt a, a right field or what? There's nothing that he could have done to you. I just don't understand. Well, you, so. you, well, you asked where that rage and passion come from. I have one word. It's called alcohol. Oh um, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> usually that just makes me happier in a ball game, but no, I can understand <laughs> that a Yankees fan might be, and it's, and then I guess you got to think of the where are the Yankees right now? Yeah, they're not I've where they're supposed had... to be. Nope, they're not. Nope. Good. And they're not. They're probably not going to be there for some time. 
They've got to make a lot of moves. They've got to change the way that they play. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I agree. I agree with the, it's a good place for baseball to let somebody else uh, get a chance at that top spot in the AL East. I like the, Absolutely. I like the Jays. I like the Red Sox. I like the, the Rays. I like the way that they all do it. So, you know, mm-hmm. Yankees being in fourth, they can sit down there with their $392 million DH. It's not that much, but it's close to that much. Yeah. Then they're cheater and Garrett Cole. Ugh. He's getting, he's still, he's still pitching well, but that like that last performance he had, that was really, really good. I was like, I'm like, starting to, I wanted to go back and look at Higashioka's glove. I was up at my lake. And I was like, hey, he pitched really, really well. And I'm like, uh, can I see Higashioka's club? I don't trust any of his good performances anymore. Unless yeah. there's like four or five strikeouts connected to it and a lot of fly ball outs to the like warning track. I don't believe it. Yeah. No, I I, I get you there. Uh, but you know, kind of but kind of going in, into the last topic of the show that we had going on, you were talking about, you know, you were talking about giving other about you were talking about giving other individuals a chance to shine. I think that kind of gives a I think that's kind of a good transition. For uh, you know something, I guess that you're trying to start up now. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about your uh, about your movies, about your kind of movie career and, and different things going on there. Uh, but you know, you had mentioned to me like in the show map that you had had a, that you had had a concept going on for a uh, female baseball league. I, I I'll let you kind of take the ropes with that because I don't know too much about it where 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 you're coming from. So uh, I'll let you kind of get into it. Yeah, um, actually, got to grab my notebook here. Um, yeah, the idea was that. I think I was saying it to you earlier was that I just find it interesting that all female sports have their like uh, female equivalent to the real sport. Like yeah. female hockey exists, female basketball exists, female soccer exists, um, female uh, NBA exists. I said that already basketball, but uh, UFC, we can yeah. watch two girls go into the ring and literally destroy each other's faces, mm-hmm. but we can't watch girls play baseball. Baseball is too dangerous. They like they outlawed it in the '40s or something that women could never play professional men's baseball. You know that's too dangerous. They they had the women's professional league back in the '40s when we were at World War. It was World War II, so it takes a world war to get women to play baseball. So (laughs) hopefully it doesn't take that for the next female baseball league to start up. But I just find it funny that 19, like 44 was more progressive than it is now. And like, this isn't, this isn't some vendetta to go kill softball, you know, <laughs> softball's fine guy. And it's, and I don't even think that softball is a specifically girl sport. Lots of guys go out and play, you know, beer league softball and just go yeah. smack the ball around. But I don't understand why I can't watch girls play baseball. I don't understand why I can't watch a girl throw a four seam fastball. I don't understand why I can't watch a girl steal second base. I don't understand why I can't watch it. Why does that sport not exist? And it's probably honestly out of all the other sports that I mentioned, it's the one that I would want to watch most, mm-hmm. you know, baseball has 120 million fans who attend baseball games every year, 120 million. That's the most mm-hmm. there is 25 million people go see hockey and they're trying to make a, a, a women's hockey league, you know, um, it's, it's less for basketball, about like 35 million people see basketball, I believe, a year. And you've got the WNBA. You know, it's like, why can't there be a seven-inning, 60-game, eight-team baseball league split into two divisions, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, um, Toronto, New York, Boston, Philadelphia in the East, Vancouver, um, 
Seattle, uh, Los Angeles, um, one more team, like maybe San Francisco, Sandy. I like, I, I thought San Diego would be okay because Tatis is so hot. So Las why not Vegas just kind of do something? Yeah, Las, like that or... I, oh, the Las Vegas was my other team. I called it the Showgirls, but I don't know if you get in trouble for that, right? Yeah, because of the, the show, right? The making it to the show is the term for making it to pro baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And Showgirls don't strip, they're like can can dancers, right? Yeah, so yeah, if you yeah. call them the Las Vegas Showgirls, they're like, that's kind of interesting, you know, you call the like I said, you call the Red Sox teams the Red Stockings, you know, because that was the original Red Sox name. Yeah. Um, New York Nightingales, Los Angeles Amazons, you know, you you and, and you do the the jersey design reminiscent to the the Major League Baseball equivalent. So you've got uh, guys going in the guys jersey to a Dodgers game, and the girls going in an Amazon jersey, which is the same lettering, same coloring. And you got the guys and girls. Hell, you got guys wearing the girls jerseys. You got you know you got girls wearing the guys ones. Why not guys wearing the girls ones? And um, and I just I just know I would watch it. Yeah, I know I would. I I would want to. I would want to. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I want it to exist. And I I just can't see why not. I don't know yeah. what's in the way. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'd be much more keen to watching a, or, you know, much more interested in watching, you know, a women's soft, a women's baseball league than a women's softball league. You know, I, I actually commentated some women's softball at uh, my local school, Bryant university. I did. So I did some, I did some, you know, commentary with that. And obviously, you know, obviously the sports are extremely similar. Like I, mm-hmm. like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't deny it. Uh, in, in, you know, with the, with the styles of like the underhand pitching, like I, like, like the way that they've done it, I would not be able to know how to master like, like the way that they do it, but I would be interested to see like, you know, a girl, like throw a forcing fastball or try to, you know, throw a curveball and do stuff like that. And, you know, the, the changes that do exist, they, because, because I'm so into like the history of baseball, when I see the differences in softball, they can be the most minute differences, but when it's like, we have two bags at first base that you can run through one, if you're going to turn and one, if you're going to go straight, I'm like, why can't there be one bag? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's just like, some you can't steal. Like, yeah, you can't steal. You can't do things like that. And I'm just like, why can't you have certain things like that where it's like, you know, like there's always like those little things. And I'm like, it would just make it so much better if you had it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to kill softball. No, yeah. I'm just trying to create something that should exist. Mm-hmm. Girls, women's baseball should exist. It's just should. Everything else does. Why can't this exist? No, it has to be softball. Yeah, it's I women's mean, women's hockey isn't ringette. Mm-hmm. Ringette exists. Ringette is its own thing. It's not, but women's hockey also exists. Yeah, they have the option. Why do girls um, are playing collegiate baseball? Mm-hmm. I I was bringing I brought it up to you. I can't remember her name, but there's a girl who goes to drive line with Trevor Bauer. That's not a great name to be talking about with girls right now, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> There, there are women in the sport and there are a lot of girls who train baseball, whose parents train them at baseball and then they go play softball. It's like, and there are a lot of softball. I, I assume that a big chunk of a softball league would want to come if you could split up the seasons, you know, and have a softball season here and then do your baseball season a different part of the year. Maybe a lot would come over and do both, but I, I want to, I want to see a, a female world series. I want to see a, uh, yeah, an East, like two, two leagues, like an American league and a national league. I had it like, I called it the golden coast league for the, for the, the West. And I called it like Liberty East. 
you know, for the East. Right. And I had, you know, so you do the Statue of Liberty. That's a feminine image, like iconography there. You build it around that kind of image. And then I don't know. I don't know. Golden Coast League has sounded like Pacific Coast League to me. So, you know, just call it that. And you've got yeah. these two leagues. If you want to do a DH league and a no DH league like baseball does, you can do that. You can just put a DH in. I don't mind that, you know, have female DH. And um, just just let them play ball. 60 games. We saw a 60 game male World Series right there. It last, yeah. uh, you know, last year. So and it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. I don't think Dodgers fans cheered any less, you know. So when they won that World Series to winning a, a 162 game regular season World Series. Right. So yeah. why can't we see 60 games, 50 games, um, find a nice part of the season to put it in? Uh, coincide it with baseball have them at the all-star game you know have a have a mixed game you could do a mixed game a weird kind of mixed game where like um you've got a, a two pitchers kind of going like the male will pitch against the the man in the lineup and he'll go and kind of just sit in the when he's done he'll run over to the bullpen real quick and just kind of keep his arm warm girl will pitch to the female batter and you just kind of rotate male versus male at the plate, female versus female, and just let them let, just let them play and like play mixed baseball. Like I, I would like to see it. I, and I don't know. I think it would be, I think it would be fun just to get like the all-star game for the uh, hockey started to bring uh, girls onto the ice to do skills competitions, do fastest skater, show off the girls. And I'm just like, bring them to the all-star game. Have, have a girl throw uh, home run derby pitches. Like, you know, just why not? Show their skills off. Have them running the bases. Have them doing a, a, a girl's home run derby. You know, there's some girls who can sit on their back foot and absolutely swat. So why not see that? Yeah. I, I feel like uh, here we are in this really, really progressive time in society and everything. And I just don't understand why the most progressive sport of them all is slightly lacking behind on inclusion of, of women. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder with that and I... You know, kind of going off it, I mean, I definitely think it would have enough, you know, people to get involved with it. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, going, but kind of growing up with here, I mean, you know, I, I know people that, you know, you know, I know plenty of girls that like played, you know, uh, that played on like different leagues and like even on like the 90 foot. Like, I, I mean, I remember one day I was uh, playing in a Babe Ruth league. It was my senior year of high school. So it was 18 you and me, me and my brother run, run like a town league together. And uh, my dad was my dad was just coaching the team this year that year. And it, and my dad was like freaking out because he didn't know if there was going to be enough players to play. So, but it was like early enough in the season that you, that you wouldn't have to forfeit. You could just like find a random kid, roster them and say like, oh, they're on the team, like technically and just roll with it. And it wouldn't have been an issue. So like, so like I'm like texting all my friends, like it's eight in the morning. So they're not answering. I'm like figures, but I'm like, but uh, my sister ironically ends up going, oh dad, I could play. And he goes, yeah. And he, and, and he goes yeah okay get, get, get your stuff and she's like i haven't played softball in like four years let alone baseball but she went out there she played right field like she actually did solid she got on base stole a stole a base like it was it was it was funny to see her out there but uh you know in general i knew plenty of i knew plenty of girls that you know would play on like the that would play on their like on the little league all-star teams with, with uh with the guys like they'd make the all-star team and they'd play and like mm-hmm. you know they were they were starters and they were out there and they were doing good and they played pretty much as long as they were able to until you got to high school. And it was like, all right, no, you have to play softball because of title nine. There is the equivalent that you can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, um, 
I admit it's an amazing feeling when you go out there and, and you play with a girl and you throw her like a, a like a little lollipop lob pitch and then she like throws a line like a, a an absolute seed back to you and your hands stinging you're like oh okay I'm sorry I'm, and then and then you give them like a legit one back you're like I'm sorry about that like that kind of sexist first one I threw there <laughs> and uh, um, I've I've been I've been blown away by the talent. That, that, that women have at pretty much everything. And I feel like what you're seeing now is the, the concept that women don't have to be treated differently when you raise them athletically. Mm. You know, there was this concept that you have to be soft and you have to be kind to them and easy on them and don't, you know, don't push them as hard as the boys. That's not how girls are raised now. Girls are raised to, to, to challenge men. Go after the men. Don't don't feel like you're just up against girls. Go out there and play with the guys. And like you see, like MMA uh, uh, fighters, they're like, I like to I like to train with the men. Mm. I like to train and basketball players. I like to train with the men. I like to train with the best. You know, I don't. I'm not just trying to find a group of of girls. I want to train with the best, and that'll make me better. You know, so to to combine the genders and you just searching out the best teacher beyond sex, it doesn't matter, right? And I think a lot of training facilities have really realized that they open themselves like they were closed-minded like oh we only teach guys and then a girl comes in completely changes their minds on like ronda rousey pretty much did it you yeah. know that's an interesting she would come in and like if you watched the uh, tough what was their show is um ultimate fighter yeah i remember when she came in on the ultimate fighter before she was big and she's like here's a bronze level judoka you know you none of you guys know what that is and she just came in and started chucking middleweight men you know, just like chucking them. And they're like, okay. And they take a good stance. She comes, steps in, pops the hip and just chucks these dudes. And they're like, I, I was defending that. I didn't want that to happen to me. And they're on their backs, getting their arm bars, you know, their arms put in armor. And you're like, this was somebody who wasn't treated, wasn't raised on her sex. She was raised to be the best. And that's what the best looks like. And it, it, it can, I don't want guys fighting girls. That's all I'm yeah, trying no, to say. But it's like, but I think girls want the best. Any athlete wants to be with the best. So that's that's all there is to it. Hundred percent. No, I, yeah. I mean I I agree with you there. It'd be uh it'd be very intriguing to see. I'd be a very, I would definitely be uh intrigued to watch it, especially over softball, which I you know I I've watched it and I I I've enjoyed watching it at certain times. But I think to see a female baseball league would be really and would be uh really entertaining to see. Uh, but unfortunately, I think that I think we are now down to the wire, which means that uh we're gonna kind of do a little bit of a wrap up of what we talked of what we talked about throughout the show, and we'll we'll let you guys get on your way. Obviously, we welcomed Hey Kami into the show. It was a great time to have to have him on. Uh, you know, it was uh it was great to you know discuss with him some of the things that we uh some of the some of the things that we had, we had basically gone through since our last uh since our last meeting with each other. We discussed uh Space Jam a new legacy. We reviewed uh the whole uh, the whole kind of controversy with Stephen A. Smith and Shohei Otani. We talked about the Red Sox Yankees uh, series and all the craziness that went on there. Alex Verdugo getting hit with a ball, the Yankees possibly stealing signs in center field. We talked about the implications of the Blue Jays doing that earlier and the Casey Royals. Uh, we talked about, you know, the, we talked about catchers possibly being used as two way uh, as, as the next two way player, as well as them possibly being a, uh, the new outlet for foreign substance in baseball. We talked about, uh, you know, uh, we talked about the possible deals of guys like uh, of Gary Sanchez and Joey Gallo at the trade deadline, as well as uh, Kami's new uh, female baseball league concept. All in all, it was a great episode. Kami, thank you yeah. so much for coming on, man. 
thanks, Brian. It's it's always a pleasure, man. Always yeah, a pleasure. I mean, it was great. It was a great time. I mean, if there's any, obviously I've had you shout out stuff before, but for any new listeners, I'll have you kind of shout your stuff out now. Oh yeah. Um, you can check me out at uh, Hey underscore commie on TikTok. And um, on YouTube, you can look me up, uh, Kami John. That's what I go under. And um, yeah, uh, got about 250 videos on foreign substances. If you're not familiar with foreign substance, um, my page has about 150 videos timelining the entire You'll thing, learn. So. You'll learn very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, just other great baseball content. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Thanks again, Brian. Yeah, I, it was great to have you on. I mean, I really appreciate it. If you guys are not following Down to the Wire, though, at this point, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can listen to us. We're also the video stream of this is also on YouTube if you're watching it there. Uh, we're But the main hub to reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down to the wire again at down to the wire. We'll post all sorts of updates and, and fun little things there. Uh, in general, though, uh, thank you so much for coming on again. And from Down to the Wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Hey Kami. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care. See ya.